mastectomy, bilateral or not, implants or not. It's your decision. And today, I will share more about the choices I was faced with. Hi, I'm Maggie. And I'm Dina. And this is the show where we get real and raw about breast cancer, the fear, the love, the changes, the surprising gifts, and the celebrations in it all. At the end of the episode, we will be asking you to share your real and raw insight from this conversation. Are you ready to dive into today's episode? Before we dive in, we want to provide a trigger warning here for anyone that may not be ready to hear some of the real and raw shares from someone else's personal breast cancer experience. If you are not in a place to listen today, my friend, simply tune out for now, take care of you, and come back anytime when you're ready. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Heal Inside and Out. We are going to talk about all things implants today. And Dina, I know you have quite the even set of stories, I will say, as it relates to implants and surgeries and decisions and all of that. So can we kick this episode off with you just sharing a bit of your personal experience as it relates to implants? Sure. My my story I'm going to give the short version of the story. When I was diagnosed and I went through the first round of chemo, then four months later, it it was my surgery uh, plan. And I needed um, a mastectomy. I chose to do a bilateral mastectomy. And how the surgery went was my surgeon said there was a breast surgeon and there was a reconstructive breast surgeon in the operating room at the same time. So the breast surgeon did the bilateral mastectomies. The reconstructive surgeon went in and did something called tissue expanders. And that was his protocol. Some women will go to surgery have a mastectomy or bilateral mastectomy, and they automatically put the implants in. My surgeon did not do that. He does tissue expanders first, which gets the body ready to house, so to speak, the implants. So once the once the tissue expanders were in, I had to go back every week to get them filled up. So my boobs were getting pumped up like bicycle tires. <laughs> That's the joke that I made it to be. Bicycle tire. I got to go in for my uh, tire pumping up is what I would call it. <laughs> and can I ask you, like, did you decide in advance with the guidance of your surgeon as to how full they needed to be based on previous size or new size you wanted or what? Like, what well, was that? Yes. Actually, that's that's. A little bit of a joke sometimes between the patient and uh, the surgeon is what size you want to be. I wanted to be the size I was before, which I was in between a C cup and a D cup. 
which was about 600 milliliters, cc's, nursing terms, um, medical terms, I should say. So every week, his nurses would fill them up. And so they got to the amount that they needed to be. And that took quite a few weeks. And then those tissue expanders stay there for about three to four months because it's preparing the body to stretching so that the implants can go in much easier. And they were, I'm going to be very honest, and this isn't really to have our audience be afraid of this because it is protocol, but they were hard. They were like two softballs. You know, the fluid, because everything was was tight. And yeah, and they were very round looking. They literally looked like somebody stuck softballs underneath my skin. So like I said, that stayed there for three to four months. And then you go back in for another surgery. And they take out the fluid. They take out the tissue expanders. And now they put in my implants. And my implants were textured implants. They had like a like a fuzzy feel to them. And the reason I chose them, I could have had, you know, smooth implants or textured implants. And the way my body shape was, the doctor said the textured implants would make you look more natural. And they did. Okay. And I was fine with them. And then that was good. And then I had a couple of more little, I wouldn't say little surgeries. I've I've had um, nipple reconstruction because I, at that point, the decisions that I was making, I made them with my husband, not even with my daughters. It was between me and my husband, the decisions that we made that I wanted to look like me. And I know there's women out there that, go completely flat. They don't want implants. There's people who make the decision, you're going to put me under, you're going to take breast uh, breast tissue out. I'm not waking up without boobs. So they put the implants in right away. So there's multiple decisions we have to make here. Mm. And everybody has the choice to make the decision that is right for them. So when I had my nipple reconstruction done, they wanted to take skin and fat from my thighs. And this is another part, as our audience get to know me a little bit and my humor, I was like, oh, no, no, you're not touching my thighs. I don't want any more scars. I said, can't you take it from my lower abdomen because I lost a lot of weight, so I had some sagging skin there. So my thought process was, hey, I get new boobs, they don't sag, and I get a tummy tuck all at the same time. <laughs> I'm laughing because you're laughing, and I love that yeah. you can find humor in it, right? I in do. A, in a big, hard decision. I do. Um, and that's truly got me through my my breast cancer journey until this day. So two years later, I'm faced with another decision about implants. And I was devastated at this. I got a letter along with a phone call from my doctor that said my implants 
were recalled. Mm. So then I started more jokes about, you know, recall on your car, the recall on an appliance, you know, and I'm like, that's how I, I, I dealt with it. And, you know, my husband and my family and friends were like, stop joking around about this. It's not funny. And I was like, well, this is how I need to get through this. Well, and I love that because that like you, you do what you have to do to navigate those feelings. Right. But if you don't right. mind, if I could go back mm-hmm. like when you got the letter and you're looking at this news of what's in my body has now been recalled. How, how like, how did that feel? Once again, I felt like it was like getting that phone call all over again mm-hmm. because the implants could cause another type of cancer called lymphoma. Ugh. And the answer from a lot of medical teams, uh, my doctor was very supportive. He's like, you know, I wanted his true opinion. And I do this to a lot of doctors. And if you're listening to this and you haven't heard me speak in these conversations, I am a nurse. So I ask doctors, hey, I'm a nurse. So if this was your mother, this was your sister, this was your wife, what would you want for them and that most doctors are taken back by that. And then they, then they really truly think about it and answer you. So my doctor was so kind, so considerate. You know, he said the decision's mine because the issue is that they found a study that anywhere from seven to 10 years after these implants were are in, that's when they're noticing the diagnosis of lymphoma. Now I've had them, I had them in for two years and I said, no, I'm not going to wait seven years to see if I have lymphoma and have to go through a whole nother, you know, plan of treatment here. So after a long conversation with my husband, my, my daughters and my daughter's like, there is no decision. You're getting them removed. You're changing them. So then I had to go back in and get smooth implants, which was during COVID. So that's a whole nother way of dealing with things. And I assume it's the same surgery because you're getting implants in, but on top of that, you're getting what you had in there removed. It's right. And you just, I just thought of something as you had said that Maggie, when you are faced with a decision and you have to say what's best for me and then the fear of un- of the unknown mm. so i was walking into this surgery without my husband being there because it's august 2020 and covid protocol is he drops you off at the front door he picks you up when you're done and the doctor said i don't know if you're going to have any kinds of drains I don't know what I'm going to find when I go in there. Um, I don't know what the scar tissue is going to be like. I don't know if, you know, he didn't know anything except that he was taking out the old implants and putting in new implants. Same surgeon? Same surgeon. I personally adore 
this plastic reconstructive surgeon because he is the cancer center that I go to, which is Memorial Sloan Kettering. He is their top reconstructive breast surgeon. And he only works with women that have had breast cancer. That's wonderful. You know, so coming out of that surgery, I didn't have any drains. You know, I was thankful for that. But here we are again. You know, my life hit a brick wall again. And, you know, you got to go through certain exercises because, you know, it's chest surgery and everything was going great till today where I'm faced with one more surgery because, which I didn't know either, was that the way they sew implants, not that they sew the implants in place, but they sew the skin and the tissue underneath in place. And there's kind of like a pocket on each side. Well, that pocket ripped open and I actually felt it rip. Mm. Was it painful or just like... Creepy it wasn't, or- it wasn't right. It wasn't painful for me, but it was creepy because you heard like a rip and then like a thud because my implant wanted to move into my armpit. Yeah. Okay. So they do kind of fit. They kind of put themselves in this little pocket. So they're not nice full breasts. Like I had, and I was joking around about that. I got new perky boobs. <laughs> now they're sagging to the side a little bit, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and I assume that that impacted when you were like laying on either side in your sleep or just like leaning over on the couch or you. It was actually, yeah, you, you, you are 100% correct. I was playing it on the floor with my dog. So I was laying on my side. So I went to the right side and I heard it happen. Hmm. And then two days later, I don't know why two days later, but exactly two days later, I was playing around with the dog again, but I didn't do anything except to roll over, you know, and then the other side happened and I am faced right now with finding somebody who will do what we call a revision surgery. And I want our listeners to know that not every doctor out there will do a revision. All right. I happen to move. I went from New York to Florida and the few of the surgeons that I've been seeing, one said, I'm not even going to look at you. I don't do revisions. I don't do somebody else's work. Mm. Second, second surgeon was like, wow, he did a good job, but I'm not going to do it because it wasn't my work. So I don't do revisions either. So, so Dina is a revision revising a different surgeon's just, work period like that. Yes. People interchange that word, but certain doctors will say, I will not do a revision because it wasn't my work to begin with. Because that's what it is. It's a surgical revision, you know? And right now I, I have a call out to my surgeon back up in New York. So I'm waiting to have that appointment with him. And now I'm faced with the decision of do I fix the pocket 
Do I replace the implants or do I go flat? So this whole process of implants from April of 2017 till today, I am still faced with making decisions about implants. Uh, from that April date to today, how many total surgeries? This one would make my fifth surgery. And you've always said, too, this is obviously a very personal thing. It's different for everybody, but also that key point that we all have a choice, right? Yes. I, my question for you is, if you look back, experiencing what you've experienced, learning what you have learned, knowing what you know, would yes. you make a different decision? I'm going to say yes. And, you know, hindsight's 2020. If I should have done this, could I have done that? What if I did that? It's it's that game. But what I know today, and excuse me if I get a little emotional, what I know today is I would have went flat. Wow. Because it's I'm, I put my body under trauma every time I have another surgery. Right. And, and there's... I, I'm under anesthesia. There's scar tissue. There's, you know, preparation for it. You know, it's just like when, you know, then you play that mind game of, all right, I'm already up to my almost my fifth surgery. When's going to be the next one? When the, you know, and the issue is, is, some people get their implants and I want our listeners to know that some people get implants and they never have a problem with them. Never, ever, ever have a problem with them. They can be in for 20 years or so. But it seems like with me and what my body's doing, it seems like it's every two years, year and a half to two years or so, something else is is happening that I have to make another decision first, another surgery. Well, and, and that that said, I always love your wisdom. <laughs> and coming out of an experience like this, you 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 get a lot of, of wisdom and experience and learnings, right? But you're also a coach in this. And yes, my question to you is what what would you share with our listeners and do you share with your clients that are facing this decision? There's a lot of different things that I share, not only for myself, but with my clients and even people in general. Um, don't be afraid to make the decision for you. You don't make this decision for what my husband might say, what my partner might say, what my kids think I should do. All right. It's very personal. We're very vulnerable. So what I what I want to share is people need to have this feeling. They need to have these emotions and they need to get them out. And how I got a lot of these emotions out along with some of my clients was journaling, meditation, um, I'm an exercise person. So going for a walk or being out in nature is what helped me calm my thoughts down and sit with it 
for a while before making a decision. Speaking to other people, whether it's younger women, older women, you know, it doesn't matter, but somebody who has gone through this, they might not have gone through it exactly the same, but they know the journey. They know the breast cancer journey. So surrounding yourself with someone or some or a group that has gone through this can help as well. The bottom line is, and you're probably going to hear Maggie and I say this all the time, is that the choice is ours. Not even the doctors. The doctors can give you all the professional guidance they they can, but the decision is yours and yours alone. I love that because how have you how you talked about, you know, talking with your spouse, your partner, your significant other, your family, but talking and and with your medical team, right? Yes. Surrounding yourself with community that has hands-on experience and going inside to really yes. explore what is it that I want and need to mm-hmm. do. Exactly. So do you know what comes to mind here is that we have, there are so many other questions that I want to ask you about this because, <laughs> you know, relationship and identity, like personal identity and feminine, you know, feeling feminine. And there's, there's so much here, which I know we'll cover in future episodes, but I want to tell you, thank you, because I even got emotional when you got emotional. <laughs> and I think that I'm sitting here feeling like for our our listeners may or may not know this yet, but part of my story is that I I was blessed to only need a lumpectomy. I wasn't faced with the implant decision. And so I was just feeling blessed that I didn't have to go through that decision. But as we know, and we will talk about our ongoing healing, you never know. Exactly. If I was faced with that decision now, I feel so much more informed. And I've been through breast cancer. I was so like, this has been so informative for me. Oh, wow. That's, that's what, as we go through these episodes, you and I together, that is the key here is being informed. This is healing for me as well. You know, people say, oh, you you know, you're in remission. You're fine. You're good. No. I'm always healing because there's always something that might be going on, you know, and the truth of the matter is, is that it's nice to get these feelings out, Mm. not alone. And our audience isn't alone and you're not alone. We are here for each other. Perfect note to end on. Thank you, Dina, so much. Thank you. I appreciate your share. Until next time, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found value in today's episode. And remember to share your real and raw insights with us by going to healinsideandout.com where you can also find additional information and resources.